Welcome back to our Old Testament Bible History series. This is Lesson 33, Keeping the Law. You can find it in Exodus chapters 18 through 24. Before we begin, I have two questions or thoughts for you. First, imagine a playground for children with a high fence around it. Outside the fence, there are dogs, a busy street with dangerous vehicles, water they can fall into, trees and a forest to get lost in. So my question is, is that fence a good thing or a bad thing for those children? I think you will agree that the fence does not let the children do whatever they want but that's for their benefit. In this story, you will see that God's laws are there for our benefit. They're kind of like a fence that are good for us. Second, have you ever needed to go to the hospital? I I would like you to picture a, a really bad cut and an infection on your side. It's infected. It does not look good. When you touch it, it hurts. You would rather leave it alone or cover it up, but it won't get better that way. The doctor looks at it and holds up a sharp knife. I have to make a really deep cut to make sure I get all the infection out to see how bad the wound really is. So the knife is good for cutting, but it's not good for healing. You need something different to heal that cut. Think about this in the last part of this lesson. Okay, let's move to our story. After the battle against the Amalekites at Rephidim, Moses receives some visitors. His father-in-law Jethro comes to him in the wilderness with his family. Moses told his father-in-law all about the wonderful things that God had done for Israel so far. Jethro was so happy when he heard this and he offered a sacrifice to God. In those days, Moses was really busy. He hardly had any time to rest. He was very busy helping Israelites who had arguments and disagreements with each other. Jethro saw this and gave Moses good advice on how to use the help of the elders of Israel. After this, Jethro leaves again into the wilderness where he lives. In this same wilderness, the Israelites would have seen eagles If they took the time, they would have noticed that this eagle built its nest in very high places so that their young were protected. And when it came time to teach their young how to fly, the mother eagle would push them out of their nest to force them to use their wings. If those baby eagles needed help, the mother would swoop underneath, catch them on her back, 
and carry the young eagle back to the nest. Well, at this time that Jethro leaves, God tells Moses to come up Mount Sinai or Horeb for a special announcement. The people see him walking up a path towards the top of the mountain. The people are all camped in the plain next to the mountain. This is a special moment because Moses is going to hear from the God who led them through the Red Sea, who gave them bread from heaven, water from the rock, who protected them from their enemies, who blessed instead of punished. They probably expected something special. When Moses returns, they find out. God wants to do something he has never done before. He wants them to be special and holy friends with him. Yes, this almighty God wants to make a holy covenant with this grumbling and complaining nation. Moses passes on the message from God. Israel, listen to God's word. You know how I carried you like an eagle carries her young. If you listen to me and obey me, you will be my special and holy people. You will be the most blessed nation on earth. The people do not think about this for very long at all. Listen to their answer. All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. The people are told to wait for three days. In this time, they washed their clothes and they purified themselves. Special preparations were made since they were going to hear from the Lord. Even Mount Sinai was fenced off so no one would walk onto it. If they did, they would die. Remember that if sinful people came close to a holy God, they would have to die. God will destroy evil because he is so good. God's presence came on to this mountain. Finally, the moment has arrived. It's early morning and the sunlight shines beautifully. But if you look to the top of Mount Sinai, you could not see the top of it. There was a dark black cloud that surrounded the peak. The mountain was shaking. Thunder boomed and lightning flashed. And above that awesome sound, there was a trumpet sound. What an amazing display of God's majesty. Moses went in front. Thousands of them slowly approached the mountain. The Lord was coming down in fire from heaven onto this mountain. Only Moses and Aaron were allowed to go up the mountain to meet with God. And then it became quiet. God spoke to Moses and the people could hear it also. God said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. The nation of Israel bowed their heads. They felt that they were sinful. 
If the Israelites were to be God's people, they would need to live by these commandments. They would have to love God above everything else. They had to serve the one God only without making any images of him that might tempt them to false worship. They had to honor God's nature and copy him in the pattern of work and rest that he had set out. They would also have to love their neighbors just as much as they loved themselves. The next six commandments set boundaries between them and their neighbors. These ten commandments were the basis of this covenant relationship that God formed between him and his chosen people. They were to follow these to show they really loved God because he had saved them. While the people trembled before God, now that they had heard him speak, they were even more alarmed. They pleaded with Moses to act as a mediator, an in-between, between them and God. Moses again entered the dark cloud of God's presence. The Lord spoke again to Moses. These words can be found at the end of chapter 20 through chapter 23. God repeated his instructions about only serving him as the only God. Moses received even more laws from God and later wrote them in what is called the Book of the Covenant. These laws are kind of an explanation of the Ten Commandments and go to the end of chapter 23. Near the end of this chapter, you can read how God gave Moses a guarantee, a promise that these people would be brought to the promised land of Canaan. Moses was called to come near to the Lord and to worship. He built an altar at the bottom of Mount Sinai. An altar with 12 stones would show the 12 tribes of Israel. The young men of Israel offered burnt offerings on this altar. Moses told the people everything that God had spoken to him and that he had written in the book of the covenant. Read chapter 24, verse 7 for their answer. They said, all that the Lord hath said, we will do and be obedient. The blood of the sacrifice was sprinkled on the altar. Some was sprinkled on the people and some on the book of the covenant where Moses had written down the words the Lord had spoken to him. And the Lord called Moses further up into the mountain to give him the law, this time written on tables of stone. Joshua went with him, and the people watched as they disappeared. Soon Moses continued alone to the top of the mountain. The glory of the Lord came upon the mountain and covered it for six days. On the seventh day, God called to Moses from out of this cloud. 
to the people of Israel on the ground, this sight of the glory of the Lord was like a a devouring fire on the top of the mountain. Moses went into the cloud where he was for 40 days and nights. We will learn more about this in the next lesson. In the last part of this lesson, let's look at why this Bible story of God's law is important for us today. First, we'll look at the introduction to the law. Second, we'll look at what the law is not. And third, we'll look at what the law is. First, please read along with me in Exodus 20, verse 1 and 2. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. This is the introduction to the law. God himself is speaking. God introduces himself. I am the Lord thy God. That is special. It's not just, I am the Lord. Because he is Lord, that gives him the right to make these commandments. But he makes his relationship to them to be very clear. I am the Lord thy God. Because they belonged to him by a covenant, he had a right to command them. They had agreed to be ruled by him. God also explains what he has done for them. He says, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of slavery. He says, I have saved you. I am the one who has rescued you. They owe it to God to obey him out of thankfulness for his great work of salvation in saving them. They received their life from him, and so they owe him their life. The Ten Commandments, which will follow, are then based on this relationship between God and his people. They are good laws. This is why the introduction to the law is important. Second, let's learn a little about what the law is not. The Ten Commandments, or the law, applies to everyone, you and me also. But we are not under it as a covenant of works. What does that mean? Remember, God demanded perfect obedience from Adam. If Adam gave perfect obedience to God, he would live. If he didn't, he would die. A phrase for that is the covenant of works. Sadly, Adam and us rebelled against God. So we are not able to earn God's favor or life by keeping the law perfectly. Some people try that. They try to do all sorts of good works by keeping these laws and somehow to earn their salvation by keeping these laws. Maybe they think 
God will reward me for trying so hard to keep these laws. This can be easily answered from God's own word in Romans 3, verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, that is, by keeping and working at these laws, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Keeping the law will not earn you salvation. But I think you maybe already knew that, didn't you? Please think back to one of the first Bible stories where we talked about Abraham. God made a promise to Abraham. Abraham was not perfect. He was not righteous, but he believed in the Lord's promise. So Abraham was not a perfect man, but he believed in the Lord's promise and the Lord counted that faith to him for righteousness. So Abraham was saved by faith and the law coming later cannot change that way of salvation. You can read that for yourself in Galatians 3, verse 17. Let's turn our attention to what the law is. The law is perfect. It is forever. It is holy. It is really good. Let's read again in Romans 3, verse 20. For by the law is the knowledge of sin, Oh, so that means that the law is there to teach us about sin, my sin. It's like a knife that cuts open to show how bad the infection is. The knife cuts and shows that there is sin infection here, there, in places we did not expect it to be. That's what the law is. It teaches us that we are sinners. So, let's go to our doctor example again. The doctor does not dig in the wound and then say, sorry, I cannot fix this wound. No, he looks for some medicine to get rid of the infection and some thread to sew the wound back up. And for our sin infection, God has provided the cure in his son, Jesus Christ. God has provided his son to keep these laws perfectly. And it is through faith in the righteousness of Christ that salvation is possible. God has provided this in what we call the covenant of grace. Let's look at it a little differently from Galatians 3, verse 23 and 4. Those verses show us that Israel was kept under all these laws as sort of prisoners, so that when Christ came to them, they would accept him and believe on him. The law is there to teach us that we cannot be holy, that we have broken all of God's laws, 
and that we cannot save ourselves even a little bit. It's there to teach us to look for Christ, the cure for all sin. So, what is the right way to understand the law? For the believer, the law is not there as a way to earn salvation, for he is already saved. The law is there to show thankfulness to God for his great salvation. I hope you see the connection to the Exodus story. Israel's salvation from slavery was by God alone. Israel was already delivered from slavery, and that is why Israel was commanded to keep the law. It is the law of thankfulness and love. In this lesson, we've seen Jethro giving Moses good advice. We've witnessed the majesty of God as he appeared near to his people and the fear they experienced. We have learned about the law and its purpose in our lives. In our next lesson, we will learn more about God's plan of salvation as the Lord will come to dwell among his people in the wilderness.